Okay, okay, stop singing, Denise. Good evening, folks. How the devil are you? Hasn't it been gorgeous weather? It's even been warm, sunny and warm, as opposed to sunny with a freezing cold north wind. I love it. Got a bit of a tan on my legs and everything, but you don't need to know that on the radio, do you? Because you can't see it. I hope you've had a great week. It's Thursday again. Happy Classics, two hours of just their best classical music. Of course, I always say that because, you know, I just, I just never tell a lie. I'm George Washington. So what have we got for you tonight? The usual. We've got the usual. We've got the usual ace music. We've got our holy trinity. I've got something interesting. You've got to hang on for that. Sort of halfway through the show, a little bit of something that I've managed to dig up that I've been trying to find for ages. But yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is now. You're going to have to wait. In the meantime, as always, we'd like to start off with a bit of a bang.
well, I think I'm going to have to go home and have a lie down. <laughs> what a stirring piece of music that is. Of course, the big start and the big finish, as is often the case with Tchaikovsky. And that was his symphony number no. four in F minor. That was the fourth movement. The London Philharmonic Orchestra probably needs to go and put a cold compress on their heads after that as well. Along with their, their long-suffering, I'm sure, conductor Mitislav Rostropovich. So that's an interesting piece of music. It was written uh, around 1877-88. Uh, sorry, 7778 by Tchaikovsky, who'd just been through a very traumatic marriage. Um, he was, of course, homosexual, so he'd, he'd married one thinks for financial security, but he even knew as he stood at the altar that this was a big mistake. And he had to break down shortly afterwards. And then, uh, obviously the, the marriage failed almost immediately. But it, it was quite interesting because he was rescued financially by a lady called Nazesda von Meck, who was a, a wealthy widow who rather liked his music. And she started paying him a, 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 an annual stipend. So at least he could put, sort of put some food on the table. And he was so grateful to her that he wrote that symphony for her and he called it Our Symphony. And uh, he referred to her as my best friend. Well, I suppose if someone saved you from absolute penury, they would be, wouldn't they? So, uh, so good old Mrs. Von Meck, because uh, she did us all a favour, didn't she? He actually said about this particular um, piece of orchestral music, none of my earlier works for orchestra has given me so much trouble, but on none have I lavished such love and devotion. In my heart of hearts, I feel sure that it is the best thing I have done so far. So he liked it, and I'm sure Mrs. Von Meck liked it, and so do we, but it is a bit loud. But then again, he wouldn't be playing that at the at the end of my show towards 10 o'clock when I'm tucking you into bed. So um, so what kind of week have you had then? It has been interesting weather-wise, hasn't it? It's been absolutely gorgeous. And uh, and I don't know if you were listening last week, but sadly I had to record my show um, because I was away. But here I am, alive, on the show. So you can contact me if you like. You can text me on 07565 or you can email me studio at sidvalleyradio.co.uk. And because it's quite early in the show, normally I forget till about halfway through the show to tell you how to get in touch. But if you'd like to get in touch, I will play you a piece of music if you like and uh, rip out one of mine just for yours and uh, see how it goes. But um, but yeah, I've got all the usual stuff. Thank you to Gavin for the last two hours for his cowboy show. He's just made me a very nice cup of tea and I shall now quickly move on. So that was um, that was Symphony Number no. 4 by... Tchaikovsky, and by happy coincidence, this one is also Symphony Number no. Four, but not by him. It's by Brahms. <laughs>
another big finish there and a big start. So that's two pieces back to back. That's it for blowing your brains. That's at the front and the back end. That was Symphony in Four by Brahms, the third movement, and Sir Simon Rattle was conducting the Berlin Phil. So this is um, this is an interesting piece because um, this was Brahms' final symphony, and he, it was actually um, he premiered it. It was it was a bit like going on tour. Do you remember? Do you remember in the seventies and eighties? Show me age now. You had those big uh, those big tours with the big um, bands and everybody. I think Beyonce's on tour at the moment, isn't she? Talking about um, back in the day, but there are some big people out there at the moment. Beyonce's on tour along with, uh, what's her name? Taylor Swift, she's doing another tour as well, isn't she? So those two women rocking it, apparently, in uh, the UK. But uh, back in his day, back in his day, Brahms was rocking it because he had the Menningen Court Orchestra do this particular that he rehearsed this piece and this is a very well-funded orchestra and so they managed to spend a lot of rehearsal time and then they went on tour a bit like taylor swift <laughs> and uh, and brahms loved it because he didn't often get the chance to rehearse as well as he had with this particular piece and then go on tour with the band <laughs> which is what he did i hope there weren't any groupies anyway um it was it was all good stuff and uh, back in his day i'm sure he he was the pop star of his time i'm sure he was the i don't know name a Justin Bieber? I don't know. I'm too old to know all these, the, 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 the young, what the young folk like these days. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. I was never into all that sort of pop idolatry. I remember when I was much younger, I mean, very young, it was Donny Osmond and it was David Cassidy. I remember him. And the girls in school would be sort of, you know, oh, and I'd be thinking, really? And I just didn't get it. I just, I just thought, well, the music's all right, but I don't know why they were getting all stupid and unnecessary about Donny Osmond. But hey, what do I know? Um, what have we got now? Yeah, talking about going bananas about people. This is a, this is a great piece of music. I've played it before, and um, I've, I've, it's been a bit odd because I don't like it when it's been sunny, but the wind's been cold because I can't cope with being seeing the sun in a glorious blue sky and still being freezing i i swear the other night last last tuesday night i had to take my little hot water bottle to bed because i'd put my um, electric blanket away <laughs> only at the end of uh, halfway through may dare i say it um and uh, i was so cold on tuesday night last week i had to take my little you know warm up warm up hot water bottle thing it's, it's actually it's actually a, a lamb with beads in that my my lovely auntie bought me and I call this little lamb Leo and I put Leo in the microwave and then Leo comes to bed with me. And I think I must have been cooking something because you might be able to hear that I sound a bit nasally tonight because I then broke out with a bit of a cold um, the back end of last week. So um, I didn't feel great. So I think that's why I was felt so cold on Tuesday night. But it was still freezing. You got in the shade or you got in the breeze and that wind was coming from the north or the east, wasn't it? It wasn't warm anyway lovely now so it's sunny and warm and i can cope with that so going back to my being bananas and going completely nuts about it being sunny but cold i'll get to the point in a minute folks just stay just stay with it insane et vane cure by haydn a brilliant piece of music it's split into halves or quarters but they repeat so you get the you get the bit at the beginning which is the angst and the pain and all the rest of it and then you get the next bit which is don't worry everything's going to be fine and it is isn't it because it's nice and sunny and warm now
That's a great piece of music, and I did actually sing it with, dare I say, I, I know what it was bang on about. It's Sidmouth Choral Society. <laughs> Uh, some time ago. Just a great piece of music. Edward Higginbottom there conducting the Oxford New College Choir and New College Orchestra. What have we got now? Oh, yeah. Right. This is something we're doing at Christmas. And of course, you're going to love it because everybody knows the Messiah, don't they? Especially this bit.
Everyone loves that one, don't they? The Alleluia, of course, of course, from Handel's Messiah. And we're going to be singing that at Christmas, so um, I do hope you will join us. Um, are we singing it this Christmas or are we singing it at Easter? I can't remember. We are doing it at some point. If it's not this concert, it's the one after. <laughs> not least because we had our committee meeting on Monday night to decide what it was we are going to do. I think that's what we're doing. No, maybe maybe we're not. It's coming soon. Coming soon to a choir near you. I know it's lined up for some of it. I think it is that. I'll have to let you know. But you know what I'm like. Once we get back in September, I'll be banging on about it every week until we turn up. But the, the concert this year, the Christmas concert, is the 9th of December. Get it in your diary now. And um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. As it generally is, isn't it? Paul McCreese there conducting the Gabrielli Consort and Players. I've never heard of those guys before, but they did a good job, don't you think? Quite often play a bit of mu- music from the movies now. And here we are, because I've got one right here, ready to go. And um, do I play far too much of this guy's music from the movies? Probably. But only because he's got some like three million Oscars from having done it. You know, of course, of whom I speak. That would be John Williams. And this is a great piece of music. Um, I've never seen the film, and I ought to really, because I, I like my fantasy, as you know. But this is The Flight to Neverland from Hook.
Yay. You always feel like you want to fly, don't you, when you hear his music? I always say that. Mind you, we did the music for Jules, didn't we, as well, for Steven Spielberg. And once he'd done the music for Jules, Spielberg would not have anybody else do the, the scores for his film. So not that you can fly with Jaws. I remember seeing that in the movies when I was quite young. I think I was too young to get in, really, but I think I must have just um, ducked under the... Uh, under the the, uh, the little box where the lady was taking the tickets, but I'm being frightened witless. I suppose if you look at it now, it looks a bit sort of um, hackneyed, doesn't it? And not quite so scary, but it was it was a movie of its time, was it not? Anyway, that was a flight to Neverland and the London Symphony Orchestra were doing a marvellous job, as was Gavin Greenaway, who was standing at the front waving the baton. So this is my favourite Schubert symphony. I love the number five. And so here it is with no further ado. I'm going to have to I, I often tell the story of this. I'll bore you with it again in a minute. Should I tell you it beforehand or should I tell you after it? I'll tell you after it.
Oh, it's great, isn't it? I love a bit of Schubert. He, his hero was uh, Mozart, wasn't he? Well, of course he was. <laughs> He's everybody's hero. And we've got we've got him and Beethoven and Bach, obviously, because that's my holy trinity, and they get played every week. But that was Sir Thomas Beecham, and he was conducting the Royal Film. And that's simply number five. It is my favourite because I've got this. I'm going to I'm going to bore you with the story. So if you are one of my regular listeners, I apologise profusely. If you are a newer listener, then you might enjoy this little piece of uh, this little bit of uh, well nonsense, really. So people tell me that they don't like classical music when I say when I say oh I do a radio show and they go oh what kind of music is it you know and I go oh it's classical and they go oh I don't like classical and I go yeah you do. Everybody likes it. People just don't know that they've heard it. And there's a piece coming up right next in a minute where you all know the piece of music because it was, it's embedded in this piece from Borodin. But let's stay with, let's stay with Schubert for a minute. Because even if it's not a piece of music that is well known or embedded into a, an advert or a piece of film music or just generally, it's very, it can be quite catchy. So I'll tell you a little story about Schubert's fifth. One of the movements, I think it's the second because we've just heard the third and it starts off like this. So that's how it starts. So one day I was in my kitchen and my, my, my granddaughter's there because I know I sound like I'm 21, but I'm a bit older than that, but not much. And and so I start humming this tune to the, you know just because you know just because it's one of my favourite little bits of Schubert. And and then I was bimbling around. And then five minutes later, from the kitchen table where she was doing some colouring in, she was only about five. I heard this. And so, honestly, I kid you not, people just, they think they don't like it, but everybody loves it. So getting on to this piece of Borodin now. So, take my hand, I'm a stranger in paradise. Here it is.
was a bit loud wasn't it for this time but we are halfway through the show which means we are going to start to dial it down slightly now but i thought i'd just finish with the big one there it's quite interesting that story behind that one because um you might have recognized the stranger in paradise riff that was in that piece of music and it is borodin's piece of music but he died suddenly while um composing that and it wasn't quite finished so his mates his best buddies that would be rimsky korsakov and Alexander Glazanov turfed up at his house and took the manuscripts and the odd bits of paper that he'd scrawled notes on and um, and they'd, they'd been round obviously to have a chat with him before he died and well he died suddenly but while he was composing it um, he'd obviously chatted to them about it and his plans for it so they basically cobbled together the missing bits um, either from conversations that they'd had, bits of riffs on the piano that he'd played them. I think they're doing this for this movement. What do you think, matey? It's going to be that kind of thing, isn't it? So isn't it great that um, Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov and Alexander Glazunov still credited Borodin with that piece of music, um, but finished it off and brought it to the public consciousness? It's a lovely piece of music, actually. And it's from Prince Igor. So there's a whole, it's, it's a four piece, a four movement piece. It's an opera. And, uh, because you do hear, don't you, sometimes, you know, especially, was it Brahms and who was it? Um, it'll come to me in a minute. There's all sorts of people that were sort of in dreadful competition with each other. And, you know, really what you want to do is just play great music and just bring the best music you can to the masses. So hats, hats off, chapeau, as they say in France, chapeau to Nikolai and Alexander for finishing off their friend's work. And it was Sir Simon Rattle again with the Berlin Phil. Now, I do remember a few weeks ago, particularly every other piece I played was, you know, had Simon in the Berlin Phil. And I don't know how I did it. It was just, it was by accident. It was totally by accident. And I haven't done that deliberately tonight. That was just a pretend one. And there we go. So let's start to dial it down a tiny bit. And, um, oh, this is great. Everyone likes a bit of Albanoni, don't they? Yeah, of course they do. Thank you. 
Albanoni's Concerto in D minor, third movement. Now, this is a bit naughty because it says, it credits Anthony Camden now, he's the oboe player, but it doesn't say, does not say who the orchestra was or who the conductor was. So um, you can make your own mind up. But I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Sir Neville Mariner and um, the Academy of St. Martin the Fields because that's the sort of thing that they would do, isn't it? <laughs> she says, trying to sound really knowledgeable, but you know, hey ho, I might be lying. Um, Beethoven now, the first of our Holy Trinity, and this is a pianist who needs no introduction, but I'm, of course I'm going to introduce him anyway. And Daniel Barenboim, he's, he's, he's a legend in his own lunchtime, isn't he? He does all sorts of things. He's a, comp- he's a conductor, he's a pianist, he's just, I think if you look at his biography on Wikipedia, he's like a world citizen. He's got that many passports. He could, uh, he could double as, um, 007. Anyway, here he is with the pathetique, the Number eight in C minor, Piano Sonata by Beethoven.
that's oh, great, isn't it? Daniel Barenboim always makes you feel like you should have kept them, the uh, lessons up, doesn't it, when you hear something like that? Oh, dear. Well, we might as well follow our Beethoven with our Bach, but not, dare I say, Johann Sebastian Dad. We're not going to play Dad. I hope he's... I'm going to give him a night off. I'm not going to play one of the boys. This is um, Johann Christian Bach, so one of his sons. He did have 18 children, did Bach, so he, he was pretty busy. And I just love this piece of music. I just think it's it, it's only it's four and a half minutes long, but I wish it was twice as long as it is. Anyway, I'll just get on with it. The Netherlands Chamber Orchestra under David Zimmerman are going to just, well, they're just going to delight you for the next four and a half minutes.
I could listen to that all night, but you'll get bored, wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't, but you might. So that's um, that's a special tune for one of our regular listeners, Julie. I hope you're having a nice evening, Julie, and that you're enjoying the show this evening. You have texted in a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. And uh, just want to say thanks for sticking with the show. And I hope you're having a nice time this evening. Now, here's this piece of music that I said to you at the beginning of the show. I've got something interesting that I've been trying to dig up. And I'm just going to play it. And then I'm going to tell you what it is.
Did you recognise it? For those of us of an age that might have been into our prog rock a bit, only a tiny bit, did you recognise Follow You, Follow Me by Genesis? Because that's what it was. Tolga Kashif reworked the piece and the London Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Tolga, have knocked it out of the park. I think that's just absolutely divine. So I shall play that again in the future. It'll go on my playlist, but I heard it a long time ago, some months ago, and I've been trying to find it, <laughs> trying to find it, a sort of digital one that I could upload to the show. And I finally found one this week. It was like, yay. And there it is. And he's, he's quite good as Nick Tolga Kashif at doing things because he, he did the, um, he did, uh, the same thing with, um, some music from Queen, didn't he? Where he did the Queen Symphony and he had some music for them as well. So he's, he's obviously the guy that reworks, you know, modern stuff into something that sounds old and ancient, but is actually quite new. So that was done in 2010. So it's taken me this long to get it, get me act together and get it sorted for the show. But anyway, well done to Olga Kashif. And I hope you spotted that bit of Genesis in there. What have we got now? Oh, it's our lovely final member of our Holy Trinity. And this, of course, is the only one to go. It's Mozart. Thank you. 
Concerto number three in E flat, the third movement thereof by the wonderful Mozart. And that was Carl Bohm conducting the Vienna Philharmonic and the guy with all the, the lung, the lung power, Gunter Hogner. Now, the thing about, um, Mozart's horn concertos, I don't know about you, but every time I hear one, all I can see is, um, English Englishmen riding around the countryside in red jackets and black hard hats chasing foxes. I don't know why that is. It does sound like the hunt, doesn't it? Well, I suppose it's the, it's the horn thing, isn't it? Of course it is. But uh, bearing in mind that um, Mozart was Austrian and uh, I have this English countryside vision in my head every time I hear a Mozart horn concerto, I don't know how he manages to conjure that image up. Did he ever see a hunt? I don't know. I have no idea. But that's what I always think of when I hear one of those. What have we got now? Oh yes, let's go to let's go to Scandinavia. Let's go to Scandinavia. The Holberg Suite here by Grieg, and this is the um, is it the Holberg Symphony? No, the Gothenburg. I'll get it right in a minute. The Gothenburg Symphony Orchestra. Nima Yavi conducts the number one movement from the Holberg Suite by Grieg. Thank you. 
Oh, it's just lovely, isn't it? You can tell it's Scandinavian, can't you? I don't know what it is about um, Sibelius and Grieg and all those guys. You know you know where they've come from, don't you? <laughs> well, I do. Well, I'm saying I do. I probably don't, actually. But just when you hear that, it does sound Scandinavian. I don't know what I mean by that. Just go with it. Just go with it. It's too late in the evening. We're down to the last half an hour of the show. Things are getting quiet and it's been a very long day. <laughs> I'm making all sorts of excuses. So I'll just be quiet and play the next piece of music. Right, man, enough.
Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? I'm just looking at my playlist for the rest of the evening. Oh, by, by the way, that was Daniel Trifonoff with Rachmaninoff's uh, vocalese. Sorry about that, I should have said. I'm looking at my um, the rest of my playlist, and I think the next two pieces are piano music as well, but that's okay because um, there is something very restful about a piano that's played like that, isn't it? And obviously you can have some raucous piano music, but... Um, I do like this end of the show when things are just sort of getting a bit quieter and we're winding down. And uh, anyway, let's just move on to um, a piece of music, which I have played before on my show. And it is strange that it comes from a piece of Japanese cartoons called anime. And it's called Pasakai in Barcelona by a Japanese composer called Taku Matsuchiba. Amazing, really, when you think about that being uh, a piece of uh, music for a Japanese 
cartoon series. But uh, there's been some amazing music written for, um, well, since the, the rise of gaming, really, because there's plenty of fantastic music there. One of my sons, Lewis, um, well, both of my sons, but they both play uh, Nintendo. Some great music on, on some of that, uh, some of those games. And I'll be, they'll be playing, I'm, well, not anymore because they don't live with me anymore, but, uh, but sometimes when they come saying, what, what, what's that? What's that? And I thought it was a bit of, you know, whatever it is, mum. And it's, it's generally a game that they're playing. It's such great music. So yeah, very nice. Taku Matsushiba. I presume he, he, uh, composed it and played it as well. Doesn't say, but there was a violinist on that one too, but that per- person doesn't get a mention. Bless the little hearts. Staying with piano now. And uh, I do love a Chopin Nocturne. And so does Arthur Rubenstein because he recorded all of them. But this is the number one. And some would say the best. I can neither confirm nor deny. There we go. Chopin's Nocturne, number one in B flat minor.
that's gorgeous, isn't it? That was recorded in 1967. That's a long time ago. But Arthur Rubenstein, absolute wonderful compo- uh, component. That's, that's not the word I'm looking for. It's not component. Exponent, thank you very much, of Chopin's Nocturnes. Beautiful stuff. Never managed to play too much Chopin when I was doing the piano a million years ago. I might get back to it one of these days when I'm not working, <laughs> when I've got time. Hey-ho. Now, um, Elgar's Nimrod. Everybody knows it. It's a classic piece of music. And I don't mean classical. I mean everybody knows it. And it's been done a million ways, hasn't it? Your brass band, your orchestra, everything. But here we go with the choral version of Nimrod by Vochisate. They call it Luxe Turner. But it's still the same tune. Thank you. 
Wow. What can you say to that? I would love to have a voice like that soprano. She hits those top notes, doesn't she? I am nowhere near that uh, that range. I could even as a child, I couldn't hit that range. Unbelievable! And when you think of a song like that, and it is just the human voice, no orchestral accompaniment. It's just absolutely mind blowing when you think what the human voice can do. Absolutely gorgeous. So down to our last piece of music now. So. Um, I'll just get on and play it. It is Joshua Bell uh, on the violin, Michael Stern and the orchestra of St. Luke's. And they're going to play Song to the Moon by Vorjak, which, bearing in mind, it is now nighttime. <laughs> How very appropriate. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me this evening. I really hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, join me again next Thursday at 8 o'clock for two more hours of happy classics. Good night.